Welcome to Dining at the End of the Universe, where we serve up all sorts of spicy conversations off the latest menu of science fiction movies and television shows. Alright, welcome to Dining at the End of the Universe. I'm your host, Scott, and with me is... Hello, I am Miles. And Miles is a resident Battlestar expert. At least, we think so. So, uh, probably a fountain of useless information. Yes, <laughs> when it comes to that, and, and it all works. Well, we are just excited about this show tonight. We're going to be talking about all sorts of news. We're going to start off, and also this show is dedicated to the um, the final episodes of Battlestar Galactica, which air this uh, tomorrow night and next Friday night, and then that is it for at least a little while. Right, with and. The- uh, and then uh, we'll have another show related to that coming out in the near future, and we will talk about that then. Cool. So very cool. So how you been, Miles? Great. And if I cough, uh, I will. I apologize right now. Uh, I'll turn my head, my mouth away from the mic. But if you hear me cough. You'll have to forgive me. I'm getting over cold. Yeah, it's uh, it, it's, it's treacherous. <laughs> <laughs> but he got it from watching the cough, uh, the Watchmen on Friday. So we'll probably, him. yeah, probably it made him sick. But no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Take that so many ways. <laughs> In today's sci-fi news. Let's start off by talking about The Watchmen. We already did a show on The Watchmen, so we aren't going to go ahead and rehash it. What have you been hearing, Miles, about the way The Watchmen did this past weekend? Very positive. Uh, it's, I mean, it uh, ticket sales are going well. Whenever I see it advertised on TV, it, the critics are saying good things about it. So they saw something we didn't, or we saw something they didn't. But right. um, the feedback from it seems like the rest of the world is, is quite positive. Yeah, and I think even I think we said like the opening night it was. <laughs> It did insanely well with like twenty eight. It brought in twenty eight million the opening night, and what was it sixty million for the weekend? I believe. Uh, I'm not sure. I, I heard sixty million for the weekend, and uh, and it would it, it ranked as being the number eighth opening rated R movie. So I mean, it was a uh, it did well for them as yeah. far as it goes. Oh, it, it, it's going to make make the money. There's no question yeah. about that. Uh, but the critics are uh, definitely <coughs> mixed on it. Uh, yeah. Definitely, uh, it's a mixed bag. I've been seeing good and, and negative. I, I was listening to another podcast, ELR today, and they were just talking about how the people that seemed not be enjoying it were also probably not fans of the novel or who never read the uh, graphic novel that's associated with it. And I had never read the graphic novel, but they said it lines up pretty closely. But except the end, I think they said the end yeah. was where they deviated from. Yeah. And again, uh, what do I know? I haven't ever watched or read the graphic novel, but there was just too much blue penis in there. That's all I can say. <laughs> you know, and I wanted to like this film. Yeah. Um, I had I had high expectations for it. Um, I don't necessarily have to be familiar with the genre to enjoy uh, the movie version of it. Um, and I, I went in wanting to like it. Uh, I thought I had a lot going for it before I saw it. Um, it's just... Um, and there's parts of the movie. I, I mean, I know we kind of really down, downplayed it, downed it um, in our podcast. But there are things in the movie I did like. But the you know what we too much naked blue guy. Yeah, I mean, I guess the question would be if we took out 
the sex scenes, mm-hmm. and we took out the naked blue guy or the nakedness of the blue guy. Yeah, would the movie stand up as being a decent movie for us with the violence included? Because I mean, that's part of what Three Hundred was. Although the other movie that Alan Moore, the guy that wrote the graphic novel, also did V for Vendetta, which mm-hmm. I wasn't aware of, and that movie was violent but different. It wasn't as gratuitous. I felt no, you didn't see. You know, a uh, uh, meat cleaver going into somebody's head a couple of times, oh, yeah. or that was just plain disturbing. Or but, yeah, and so I, I guess the question, Miles, maybe <coughs> I can ask you this: do, do you think the movie would have held up better without that stuff, without the sex and the naked blue guy running around, or would it have still been a bit too much for you? Um, well, we wouldn't be complaining about the gratuitous sex and the naked blue guy. We would just be saying the violence was just a little over the top. Yeah, um, but maybe we wouldn't, we wouldn't have panned it as much. Yeah, it would have been it would have been as offensive as the other stuff, maybe. I no, I, probably not. Probably not, and I think most of us are very desensitized to what's going on out there. Although, like I said, a couple things in this movie. If you've if, if you've already seen the movie, this is not surprising. If you haven't seen the movie, spoiler alert. But just um, there's a couple of disturbing images in that yeah. movie that I thought they they went a new level of. Uh, <laughs> Which you know Hollywood's always pushing levels for that matter, but correct. Well, let me play this uh, one listener call from Eddie the Rambler. We're calling him Eddie the Rambler, and this is a clip. It is his comment on the Watchmen. Hey, Scott and Don, it's Eddie calling in to discuss Watchmen on Dining on the Edge of the Universe. I enjoyed your review of it the other night, Scott. Didn't disagree with much. Um, I just thought the show as a totality was a joke at times, more than offensive. I really thought the characterization, the backstory was really interesting. Um, not your usual superhero type of movie where you just sort of see them doing what they do. But I really enjoyed the backstory on each of the different characters in Watchmen. The scene that you guys were talking about in The Owl with um, the disgusting scene of sexual activity was more of a joke to me than it was offensive. It seemed like it was a little trashy, um, comedy type of thing. So that didn't really bother me. And the violence, I thought, was the same way. Um, it just seemed like they were just trying to make us realize how horrible society had become more than how offensive it was from a screenplay aspect. But I couldn't disagree with much of what you said. The giant blue man and all of his splendor was just weird. But once again, I just thought, well, he's an alien more than he is a human, so it didn't really affect me too much. But... I was surprised at how much I enjoyed the whole movie much more than I thought because I really wasn't expecting much, and I didn't really know what to expect out of the movie, but I thought it was good. So I look to hear from you guys soon and what you have to say about it. Talk to you guys later. Bye. I think he said something key there. He, he went in. Uh, he's, <coughs> Eddie seemed to go in with uh, – didn't have much. He didn't expect much from it, he said, and uh, – and I know for me, at least, it's a, it said, okay, this is a superhero movie. This is 300, right? Mm-hmm. And I went in with some pretty high expectations. Yeah. And uh, and so maybe my expectations are kind of what painted it uh, in maybe more of a negative light for me. I don't know. I mean, what, what do you have any of your uh, thoughts about what Eddie said? Um, Other than what we already I, said. So uh, Yeah, I, I, I agree. I, we both had high expectations of it. And, uh, you know, the one sex scene, why? I, I You know, I mean... Maybe he took it as humorous, but just it, it, it did nothing for the movie at all except just diminish it. And for us, um, um, yeah, I think it, enough said. I mean, we 
you and I had, had came in with a lot of expectations and yeah, it didn't meet those. Yeah. Well, thanks Eddie for uh, calling in and we will, uh, and again, we love to hear from people, your thoughts on what we're talking about and we will play those on the show and we will give you the number that you can reach us at. It's a new number because Skype is decided that it's voicemail will not work. So we're using a new number for it. Uh, and that seems to be working just as well, but, but the, again, just a general consensus with the Watchmen. It seemed to be pretty positive. So overall. Mm-hmm. Heroes. Heroes is returning for a fourth season. NBC just confirmed it. Response. I'm glad. I, I you know, I, I love Heroes. I mean, there are times I, I, that it frustrates me, but I'm hooked. I'm not going anywhere. I want to see how this plays out. So, uh, and with, with with some of my shows that are leaving leaving us this year, I'm glad that Heroes is still going to stick around. Yeah, you know, I'm I'm pretty excited. If you were to ask me the beginning of season three. I would have said, eh, the whole time-shifting, time-jumping stuff got kind of confusing with Peter and uh, mm-hmm. and all them. But, man, since they started back up after January, I have been hooked. I, I know that um, Don has complained about some of the episodes, but I I have – there. I don't think there was one episode that, is, that went away from and said, yeah, man, I'm not sure I can watch this show anymore. I, I really liked it. I think it's a really good show. It's being really well-written and um, – that's my personal thought, at least on it. I like the direction they're taking that the heroes are on the run and uh, what they have to do to survive and what they have to do to, uh, you know, not get captured. I think it adds a good, you know, it's something different. I think what was accused of heroes for season two was that they almost did the same thing. They repeat themselves from season one. But with this season, they're doing some different things. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm excited. I think it's going to be I think it's going to be a good season. Yeah, and I agree with you. I think that it's more of a realistic view of how, if heroes really did exist, how would they be treated? Which I guess the Watchmen kind of explores too. But in heroes, you know, here you have common people that are being hunted because of their talents and uh, and what do they do to survive? Mm-hmm. So I think that's kind of cool. In other news, Stargate Universe has named its ninth episode, which is Justice. Not that that really means a whole lot at this point. They aren't airing any episodes to October 2009. But it does mean that they have nine that they at least have planned or somewhat scripted out, and so I guess that's some way. And probably the news with that is Peter DeLuise is returning to Stargate, I think I'm pronouncing his last name right, to direct the fourth episode, Fire, and that episode was written by Brad Wright, who is uh, has been quite familiar with the Stargate genre all the way from the beginning of the Stargate SG-1. So, do you watch Stargate? I do not, and I know that that's something I'm going to have to, you know, remedy sometime soon. Um, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You but, can borrow them from uh, Steve. Okay, I'll uh, So, he, he has the entire uh, Stargate series since, on it. But. Since a couple of my shows are leaving, I'll have to have something full of void. Yeah, yeah. Is Peter DeLuise the guy from uh, 21 Jump Street? Wow. You know what? I, I should look that up, and I don't know. You okay. might be right. He might, you might be right. I know he's done a bunch of different stuff, and I think I saw that associated with his name. Okay. So... So if you know, you can uh, certainly just call in and let us know for sure because we don't have it in front of us right now. Let's talk about Sci-Fi Friday. Do you have anything you want to say about that? Um, I have not started watching Dollhouse yet. Um, I'll have to go online and see if I catch the episodes. Um, big fan of the whole Terminator, and I've been following the show. I, I think Fox should try to hang in there with uh, them. Um, I think we-, we-, we talked a little about this earlier that – Maybe the reason why ratings were down was because it was the was it the pr- premiere of uh, Watchmen, so people weren't at home. They went to the movies that night. Yeah, but go ahead. No, I I was just gonna say that, you know they, this past weekend ratings were down for both shows, both the Terminator 
and for Dollhouse, which is on immediately right after that. And uh, I think they said that Terminator ended up with about 3 million viewers and then 3.5 million for the Dollhouse, which is really low. Mm -hmm. And I'm not sure where Clone Wars would have fit into <coughs> that as well. But, you know, this is stuff that, you know, Friday night has typically been called the place where network shows go to die. Mm -hmm. And so it's interesting that you would put Dollhouse on a night where you – it's a new show – and it's almost like they don't want it to, to succeed, which kind of irks me a little bit because it is good. It is good. And I think the reality, it's down, like you were saying, people went to see The Watchmen. And the same people that watch these types of shows are Watchmen watchers, right? Right. The people like sci-fi and hero stuff. But I use my DVR to record it. And I'm sure, you know, people who go, go out on a Friday night will probably do the same thing. They probably – they may still have VCRs or whatever. They, they probably recorded it and then watched it later, so I don't know. Well, yeah. I mean, they talk about the whole time-shifting of shows <coughs> where they uh, if they include time-shifting, it would be interesting to see how these numbers were altered. I know I watched both the shows DVR'd quite a, day, quite a few days uh, later, and um, hopefully we can convince – hopefully Foss can convince their advertisers that the time-shifting uh, the DVR-watching mm -hmm. uh, counts, counts in there. And I know lots of people nowadays, they don't – because of the advent of DVR and TiVo, they'll often not watch a show that night. They'll they'll catch up with it later on. Yeah, we watch busy. We, we have busy lives. Why Friday, Friday night? Why stay in if you can go out and then watch it later Absolutely. on? You know. But all right, enough said about that. Um, let's talk about Kings. You know, I had heard Kings thrown around the name Kings for the show that I believe it's an NBC show coming up, and didn't pay much attention to it. I didn't know much about it. Heard, I knew it was kind of, it seemed kind of coppish in some of the pictures I saw, some of the previews I saw. But I just ran across, uh, there are two things about it that kind of struck me when I was going through some of the news items today. One, that this is a show that deals with an alternate reality. Mm -hmm. And second, that this is a biblical retelling of the story of King David. So I'm, it has my interest just a little bit from that avenue that this is a, looks like modern times, but it's not our universe. Mm -hmm. Or it's not it's not our reality, and that this is a retelling of that biblical tale. That's what I got out of it was that I didn't get the you know the king modern day retelling of King David, but that maybe this was America, but it was ruled by a monarchy, uh, not democracy. So n now it's kind of piqued my interest. I'll be out to watch it then. Yeah, we're gonna have to see what goes. Um, <laughs> just a couple, a uh, few other items. Uh, Scarlett Johansson is confirmed in Iron Man Two as the Black Widow. Do you care? Well, I'm sure she's going to look good in that Black Widow costume. Yeah, I'm sure she will. Um, uh, I'm just well. glad they're making a new Iron Man movie. Yeah, definitely. Uh, and I think she's replacing someone. Oh, she stepped in for Emily Blunt, who I guess was in the first one, although I don't remember her. I don't know. She was not his right-hand lady that ran the house. That wasn't her name, was it? No, well, it wasn't um, – oh, what's her name? Um Gwyneth Pe Paltrow? She was, yeah, she played the character of Pepper. She was... Uh, oh, yeah. So they it doesn't say that she's play, playing Pepper. So I don't know who that Emily Blunt... Emily Blunt might be the news reporter. Oh, okay. But I don't know. I I, I should have looked it up. Maybe should IMDb it, but uh, I won't do that tonight here. Uh, but anyways, so because of a scheduling conflict, Johannesson is in. So uh, I'm looking forward to that movie. I think 2010, they said. So we'll have cool. to wait a year. In other news, two other pieces of news is Vin Diesel... It talks about the third Chronicles of Riddick. Now, they've been billing the Chronicles of Riddick as a trilogy for the longest time without the third movie being done. They used like an animated movie, I guess, was a part of that trilogy, which I never saw. I saw Pitch Black and then I saw the Chronicles of Riddick. 
I am not familiar with the, I mean, I'm, I'm aware of them, but I've never watched them, so. Yeah, very, very awesome, very dark, and mm-hmm. I mean, I'm a huge Vin Diesel fan when it comes to some of this stuff, at mm-hmm. least. But uh, he talks about it. They don't have a name for it, but uh, here's what they say about the movie, that they're going to leave Riddick all alone for the first part of the movie, barely alive, surrounded by carnivorous monsters who are trying to eat him. Well, you know, that either could be a really bad sci-fi flick on Saturday night, or it could be a really good movie. So we'll have to see how it actually comes out. But so, but you don't care either way, really. I, no, I, I mean, I tr- actually tried to watch the second one, and it just I just couldn't get into it. Okay. So, all right. And the final bit of news before we move into our main show tonight is George Lucas has begun casting for the live-action Star Wars TV series. Now that has that piques my interest. Man, that has me stoked. Um, we've been waiting for this for a long time. Yeah, because we were we were both total fans of the Clone Wars, the animated right. series, and uh, watched that religiously. I was telling the last Friday night's episode with the Twi'leks. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was awesome. It kind of yanked my heartstrings just a little bit. It was the story was very well told. I mean, you, it made you care about these people and um, the interaction between the, the Twi'lek child and the two clone troopers was. Heartwarming, you know. Yeah, it was. You know, and it, it seems like the past couple episodes have begun to narrow the storyline down. I think they're preparing to come to the end of this first season. Mm-hmm. And so all these separate storylines are kind of tying together now, and it's all ending up with the Twilight Planet, which is next week, I guess, they storm the Capitol, I believe is what it is. So, okay. Uh, at least that's what the preview said. Now, on the new Star Wars uh, TV series, do you know what time period that's supposed to take place? Oh, man. All I know is it's not supposed to deal with any... I heard earlier on, I heard rumors that it's not supposed to have any of the uh, characters that we know. Okay. In it. So it's either... My guess is either going to be far in the future, or, the, or it's going to be... It's going to be pre-Palpatine. Okay. I don't see how else they can do it uh, unless they make reference to him. I don't know. It's going to be weird not having Darth Vader there. It's going to be weird not having Anakin or Obi-Wan right. and stuff like that, but... Uh, the obviously it'll look, it'll be a bit weird not to have the actual actors in there playing those roles either. So, yeah, I, was I don't just, know. Just wondering. Yeah. yeah, I don't know much about it. That was, that was a rumor about a year ago, and I don't think I heard much about it since since then. Um, all right, we'll have to wait and see on that one. Well, let's talk about TV, and tonight we are focusing on the death of Battlestar Galactica, R.I.P. So sad about that. Four seasons have come and gone almost, and we have two episodes left Mm -hmm. uh, with this Friday airing the first part, Daybreak Part 1, I believe it is, and then Daybreak Part 2 the following week. We're going to talk about that toward the end of the show here. But Miles, you have been a diehard we're going to say that Battlestar Galactica watcher from the 70s 
till now. True. I was not. I only came in on the newest installment of the series, right, with Adama and so on. What? Tell me about the two. How how, how do you compare them? Mm-hmm. What are some of their notable differences? <clears throat> And uh, and how do you feel about those differences, or how do you feel about the series? It was kind of a controversial thing when they said they're going to do a, a reimagining of Battlestar Galactica, um, because even because there are still a lot of diehard fans of the original series. But the original series lasted only one season, and then a year after they did a spin-off series called Galactica 1980, which many fans prefer to forget, where they actually make it to Earth. Um, but the the, the premise of the original and the reimagined are very similar. Um, you have the Battlestar Galactica. Uh, you have a lot of characters are the same. Um, you have uh, you have the Commander Adama. You have Colonel Ty, Apollo, Starbuck, um, and, and the adversary being the Cylons. Where in the original series, um, um, the Cylons were an alien race, and they created the robots, the centurions, to be their soldiers, to do their will. And like the, like the reimagined series, the Cylons invade the colonies, nearly wipe out humanity, and Galactica rounds up uh, whatever ships are available, and they make a run for it. And Commander Adama says they're going to find the 13th colony and find Earth. Very similar to the original series. I mean, I'm sorry, the, the reimagined series. However, this is 1978, 79, the uh, the writing, let's just say, writing has changed a lot since 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 then. Um, they're, they're, they had to be very careful about the violence, um, profanity, maybe even the tone of the show, uh, because the, what's often accused of the original series was how they could outsmart the Cylons this week. In the original series, well, their weapon, weapons was t- different. I mean, they had lasers. Um, in the new in the new show, they use more conventional weapons like nuclear weapons, their uh, projectile weapons. The universe in the um, reimagined series is a little, even though it's futuristic, it's closer to. It's a little more closer today. We can relate to it a little more. Whereas in the in the original series, they made it seem very futuristic, and honestly, they were trying to go for. Um, since with the success the success of Star Wars, they were thinking of you know. Um, of uh, kind of going like with the big space, epic space battles, mm. whereas in the reimagined ones uh, series, uh, the lead writer Ron Moore really wanted to be more of a character-driven and plot-driven uh, show. Although he has the tools of today to make a really visually good show. Mm. Whereas, so did the so the '70s show was it more action-oriented than character-driven in your opinion? I think it was more action-driven. Because there's like a lot more space battles, but then if you'd watch, it's like they use reuse a lot of stock footage. Like I saw that scene from last week where you see right. Cylon ships or colonial vipers get blown up. It's uh, they didn't have the budget that that they do now to really do it upright, um, and so they a lot of the, uh, the the space scenes are reused a lot. Yeah. Now you you were talking about the writing of the show. How has the writing differed between the two. I mean, mm-hmm. um, there is definitely a darker tone in the orig- in the new one, and it's more of. A, I mean, it's the same premise in the, in the original. Is Cylons come in, wipe out most of humanity, and, and, and what's left tries to escape. I mean, so you really have a huge, um, you know, 
a huge conflict already to begin with, but they kind so of the plot's basically the same. The, the, plot, I, the idea of what they're right. trying to accomplish and right. where they're trying to go is about the same. Right. It was also this show is more family friendly. The original series was. It was like at eight o'clock at night. It was kind of marketed towards kids. Mm. I mean, there was about Battlestar toys out there. Mm. I even had, you know, a Colonial Viper when I was a kid. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah. Do you still have it? Uh, probably not. <laughs> probably not. I probably played it too, too hard, but um, but the action figures. I mean, they they really want. It was really geared towards, you know, to kids, and 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 this one obviously is not. No, I, I've had I've had it on when uh, my son has walked in the room, and I'm like, pause. You know, just say because yeah. uh, it's just a bit violent. Uh, it's intense. It's, it's very intense. You have people yelling, screaming at each other, and it's 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 awesome. Right. I absolutely. I mean, totally engaged with it, but. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, very cool. Now, if you had to pick one, I I, I like the new new show better. Obviously, yeah. um, I think it's an improvement. I mean, I'll, there's, there'll always be a space in my heart for the original one, and uh, but the new one is definitely superior, in my opinion. Yeah, and yeah. it's interesting. Um, Richard Hatch, who um, he's one of the, the only character that that actor that I know of has done both is. shows. Yeah, and I saw him at a sci-fi convention uh, last year, and he said, uh, and as much as he loved the original Battlestar, he even tried to, you know, give it, you know, rebirth it. Um, he's much more satisfied with the um, the reimagined one, yeah. and with his character. I mean, he, he played the original, you know, uh, Captain Apollo, and he was very heroic. But um, that's another thing: the characters in the original had seemed to be less flawed. Whereas it's more realistic in this one is man the characters in this one are totally flawed right you see you see their you see they're good you see they're bad and you see they're ugly and mm-hmm. his character Tom Zarek is actually we're going to talk about this later but it's one of my favorite characters he does an incredible job with that so and, and he said how you know it's a, the character he has now is a lot more satisfying to play yeah. than than playing Captain Apollo back in you know, the original one so not talking about these upcoming uh, two episodes we have left oh. You know, may they rest in peace. But the uh, what is uh, what's coming up for uh, Battlestar in the future? Well, uh, I, I believe in the fall they're going to do a, a a TV movie like they did with um, like Razor. Right? Razor, yeah. yeah. Um, it's going to be called The Plan. Um, Dean Stockwell is going to be probably one of the main characters in it. He plays one like number one as far as the he's one of the first Cylons. And I think it's going to deal with mostly. We saw him in last week's episode, right? Right. Oh, he's a good actor. He, he's great. I hate him, <laughs> but he's good. He, he's good. He's, he's good at playing that character, though. Yeah. Um, but he's going to be prominently in it. Um, uh, Edward James Alamos is going to direct the, this, oh. so he's you know, and he, he's directed a lot of the, the shows also. So it's going to be good, whatever it is. Uh, I think we'll, we'll we'll see all the Cylons that we're familiar with. I think it'll deal with the final five and how. Um, we, how how and then how they got dispersed into the colonies, um, but so it'll give us a little something. And then for next year, for 2010, they're going to do a retro series called Caprica, and they're going to deal with. It's mainly it's not going to be like everything we dealt with in space and in, in Battlestar. This one's going to deal mostly on the planet and deal with um, two families that's been accused of being called, you know, Dallas in space or something. But um, because it's going to be two prominent families, the Adamas and the Greystones, uh, S. A. Morales will play the uh, um, Commander Adama's father, and I think it'll take place fifty to sixty years in the past. And now he's the lawyer, right? He's the lawyer. He's yes. the lawyer. Yeah. And 
Eric Stoltz will play uh, Greystone. Yeah, I saw the uh, saw the preview for it, and uh, in fact, we'll probably uh, I'll probably slip the preview in here somewhere. Okay, good. I know I'm not a person, but I feel like one. Not everything is okay all the time, Daniel. Something terrible has happened, hasn't it? Times like these that the faith fails us. What kind of sick, twisted stuff are you doing here? You can see your daughter again. Isn't that worth whatever price you have to pay? My name's not Adams. My family is Adam. Sometimes fate can be a victim of chance. Man, when I watched it, it, it doesn't. It's, it's different. It's a different show. Yeah. yeah I mean, it's, it's, it's taking place in the future, but it is a different show than what we're used to with Battlestar Galactica. It'll be interesting to see if Battlestar fans will gravitate to it. Yeah, that, that's. Will they be able to accept this uh, show? Yeah. Um, and and ho- hopefully we'll we'll bring in new fans maybe. Yeah, so it's Caprica is the name of that show, and uh, we will see what happens. I think it's slated to open March 2010, I believe, was the date I saw on that. Okay. So we have a year to wait for that. Um, so one of the questions we were chatting about beforehand was, what keeps us watching Battlestar? What has kept us watching for four years, and that includes a writer strike in the middle where we kind of stopped. So uh, what has kept... Us why don't you go first? What has kept um, you watching Battlestar from day one? Probably the, the writing. I think the writing is probably some of the best stuff I've I've seen. Um, I was a huge Star Trek fan, and, and I still am, and still always will be. But I, I, I honestly think the writing in this show is far superior than than Star Trek ever was. It deals with. Um, it's not afraid to deal with uh, issues we're dealing with with today. Um, it's not afraid to deal with religion, politics, morality. It won't tell you what to think. Uh, there was one episode about I don't know the, I'm bad with the names of the episodes, but the abortion issue came up. Mm-hmm. Um, they tried, to, you know, the, the president wanted to, you know, you know, she she was liberal and she thought we should they should preserve the right, you know, if women wanted to have abortions, they could. But Baltar said um, if we do that, you know, we're, we're with how many people we have, you know, the human race is going to die out, and so. Um, they they didn't tell you, you know the, the the show didn't tell you what you should think but they just made you think about it yeah and, it, and it's so interesting because they do this with flawed characters <coughs> i mean baltar has been the voice of religion on the show but his character is oh, yeah. is amoral as they come you know right. he he's he's very human in the midst of his uh you know his his preaching and his mm-hmm. true way and you know he just went back to that like we didn't see that for a while and then the, then the last week's episode He's preaching about angels walking among us, and you know, and uh, and it's a it's a pretty big deal, right? 
so yeah, I think I would agree. I think the writing for me is strong. For me, what kept me watching is is some of the action. I love some of the action sequences, but I really I, the characters just draw me in. You know, I feel like I, I fall I fell in love with these characters. They became a part of my watching experience and seeing how they react. And I knew that they were human. They weren't, you know, overtly heroic, mm-hmm. but were really real human characters. But and um, but I got my wife to be to watch it also, and she's she's a big fan of the show also. And uh, um, there was an episode dealing with uh, the the president was getting these cancer treatments and. Uh, Nana Visitor was playing a character who was was dying of cancer. Uh, we lost our father-in-law to cancer a, year, um, a little over a year ago, and so for Katie, that was a very emotional show for her. I mean, she was she was born at the end. So it, you know, it but it dealt with it in a good, in a dignified way, I thought. Yeah. Um, and so, um, and, and it, it's you know, a lot of sci-fi shows don't want to deal with religion at all, but they make faith an issue about the show. I mean, uh, these people practice a um, they're um, the lords of Kubal, right? Yeah, is that what they follow or something like that? But they're basically the ancient Greek and Roman gods yeah. of uh, of of our mythology. So, which which kind of is it, they, they kind of say their their world and our world is not that. I mean, we're somehow related somehow, and so they so they're they're, they're polytheists. So and yeah. the Cylons are monotheists, right? Which is kind of interesting, you know, machines believing in God, but they even toy with that whole idea. A little bit. We won't get into that here, but that's uh, that's an idea they do toy with at least. But so. I like they're, they're not afraid to they're not afraid to talk about that kind of yeah. stuff. Um, they're man, they they boy they played up that whole election issue too. The miscounted ballots. Oh and, uh, yeah, the tampering. Remember that? Uh, they they did. The, the show really had a lot to do. There was a lot of political commentary in the show. There was mm-hmm. a way the way you know commentary <clears throat> on the way you lead mm-hmm. a group of people and how you don't lead them and yeah. and what this means and. What it means to allow machines to dictate our lives and not allow them to dictate our lives, and I mean, it's great societal commentary. Right. There's something else I was thinking. I lost. I thought, but um, yeah, yeah. I don't know. There's a, there is a lot of uh, again a lot of good issues in the show. A lot of stuff that just draw that drew me in and kept me interested, and uh, and went from there. What? Um, let's talk about favorite characters since we've kind of been talking about characters. In your in your in your thoughts in your mind, uh, who are some of your favorite characters? He didn't start out this way, but I think I mean there, there's very few characters I don't really I find I dislike, um, but probably the one that you know, I, I, I didn't think much of at first, but then later on I got to respect and, and appreciate more was Colonel Ty. Um, I think he was definitely one of the most human characters they had in the show. Talk about some of the flaws. I mean. One of the first times you see him is you see him in the uh, in the hallway on the Galactica, and he's passed out drunk. Um, yeah. And um, he's, uh, but, uh, and also he has some of the most funniest dialogue. Most of the time, he, it's it's either it's either Ty or Baltar that has has us laughing somehow. Um, but I, I I liked seeing him during the um, when they're on New Caprica and. He was the, basically the main resistance leader, um, fighting the Cylons, which becomes ironic later. Which, when, it, when we find out later, he's one of the final five. But just seeing the ups and downs of what they've done with this guy—I mean, uh, he ends up losing his eye. Um, he um, it kills his wife. He ends up killing his wife. Kills uh, his wife, you know, and then she's back again at the mm-hmm. end. But uh, 
Yeah, you know, he, he is an interesting character, and you do see it. He kicks a habit of alcohol, doesn't he? He's dry at the end, sort of. No, I think the last episode he he was having a drink. But he was with with Aldama, with Adama there in his quarters. But right? Adama's now he seems to be having a problem with the bottle and the pills and Adama wow. initiated. <coughs> excuse me, initiated um, uh, having a drink together. Yeah, I don't know if I can pick a character. Uh, I, there there are a bunch of characters I like. I like Adama. I I, lo- I love his character. He you can tell that he really cares about his crew and about. Uh, the Galactica and and that everything it's just it's just great I love so he's probably one of my favorite and do you care if I mention a few other ones because no. there's a couple there's a couple that I really enjoy why well, me me too but okay uh, and, uh, maybe we can comment on this together then I do love Kara Thrace when I first met her I was like oh man I don't know sure if I'm gonna like her but I love her brazenness I love her you know no BS stand and just saying you know this is who I am and she deal with it and she's reckless and uh, and it's just Wow, just one of the, one of my in fact my one of my favorite episodes is an episode that she was kind of the main character in. We'll talk about that in a little bit. Actually, yeah. she's probably one of my wife's favorite characters because it's just she's a strong female presence. Yeah, um, I mean, women can do you know just about anything that, that men can do, and uh, she, uh, you know, she kicks butt. She's the best, um, you know, you know, Viper pilot they have. Um, another woman you know another character with some really deep flaws um, oh yeah but i like what they've done with her character too is just okay they they killed her uh did they kill her all right <laughs> we're still trying to unravel that maybe we'll get that solved in the last two episodes who knows you know they, she finds her body and uh you know that's another thing i'm wondering is there what's behind all that is there a third party that's responsible for the rebirth of starbuck you know yeah who knows who knows? So, anyways, I, I love Starbuck. He's great. Um, we mentioned Gaius Boltar. You actually met him, right? We mentioned that earlier in the show that you met yes. him in person. Um, and how was he when you met him in person? He, he was, you know, he he was very um, very gracious towards the fans. I mean, um, if you want to get your picture taken with an autograph, he was, you know, I have a great picture with him. My wife and I are with him. Um, he's very funny. Um, he's also um, and, and the day we went, I was told he was actually feeling very sick that day. But he was he, he was a champ. I mean, he was out there. Uh, he did his, you know, what they usually do at these sci-fi conventions is they'll have a, a, a time where they're they're there up on stage telling stories and then answering questions from the fans. And he was great. You couldn't tell he was sick. If, uh, what else? Um, and he, you know, he, he's British, but he could, he could do accents. I mean, he did an American accent, so I think. We're going to see some other things that, you know, John Callis, the guy who plays uh, Baltar, we'll see him in other things later. He's a good actor. Um, I saw him in uh, one other TV show. It was uh, actually a movie called One Night with King. He plays Mordecai, Mordecai mm-hmm. uh, with Queen Esther. He's an excellent Mordecai. Okay. So if you ever get a chance to see that, I would see it. Oh. But it's, uh, it's out in DVD. <coughs> uh, man, I love that character. He Talk about human. Talk about one that is wanting to be a leader and a coward at the same time. And, and all that all that mixed in with that. And we've seen him make some really bad decisions. Yeah, uh, giving that number six, um, that that nuclear bomb. Um, oh man, yeah, he started the whole thing in a sense. You know, he, right. he gave him access to all of Caprica's mainframe, and right, yeah, he was there from the beginning. I mean, like in the original TV series, there was this character named Baltar, um, played by 
Uh, James Calcos, I think it was. And you know that you are diehard. I, I, I'm <laughs> hardcore. <laughs> but um, but in in the, in the um, when you compare and contrast the two shows, the characters are a lot more one dimensional in the original series. You kind of know who they are. There isn't much growth for them. Either they they get better as people or worse as people. Where in this show we'll see people either get better as people or get weaker as people. Um, so the, the the characters in the original are definitely more you know three four dimensional. I mean they're they're, 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 they're there's there's chance for growth there. Right, right. And with Baltar, um, you you don't know. You don't think he's really evil. You just think he he was a patsy. I mean, I took it as a, he was a he was just a patsy. And oh he, yeah. You know, he got duped. I mean, but uh, it's the funny one. Of the first things he wants to do is call his lawyer. You know, <laughs> oh, man. in the in the um, uh, well after they get back on the Battlestar after being occupied, mm-hmm. right? Any other any other notable characters we should point out that kind of stood out to us in the show? I mean, there were a lot of good ones, but let's see the six. She was hot. Well, she she is not hard on the eye at all. No, no, that's that's easy. <laughs> but and, well, I mean, it must be great being a Cylon because you get to play different. I mean, different characters. Um, I mean, and it's probably a challenge also trying to keep them straight. I mean, uh, for the uh, the Sharons and the Sixes. I mean, we got to see them play multiple different characters. Yeah, because there's multiple versions of them mm-hmm. running around, and so that's kind of cool. And he, go ahead. Well, and, and she, you know. She didn't have a lot of acting experience going in, but I think she definitely proved she has it. I mean, she's... Uh, so was this her first show or one of her first shows? Yeah. Oh, yeah. wow, I didn't know that. And then Hilo, uh, not not something that really uh, that really stood out, but uh, in this new series, Dollhouse, he's in. It's, he's an excellent actor. You really have to watch that. I will have to, you know, I will have to watch Dollhouse. Yeah. What interesting thing about Hilo was he wasn't supposed to be back. After he let himself be stranded on Caprica... Um, Excuse me. He was supposed to, you know, disappear, but he impressed uh, Rondi Moore and some of the the producers that they wanted to bring him back. Wow, I didn't even know that. Mm-hmm. Well, that's kind of cool. Okay, well, um, favorite episode. One of my favorite episodes is when the Galactica goes. It, this is more of an action one for me, but just some cool things you just never saw. Um, when the Galactica go back, goes back to New Caprica to rescue. Uh, Everybody, when they when they jump, they make the jump into the planet. So you see Galactica literally falling to the planet, so they can launch their Vipers, so they can, you know, go at, attack the Cylons and everything like that. And then they jump away. I thought that was a really cool scene. That is a really awesome scene. Uh, as episode as well. I like that. I like that whole when they got him off Caprica thing. I mm-hmm. thought that was cool. And seeing um, Pegasus. Uh, um, you know, I was sad to see the Pegasus go, but um, Pegasus came to the rescue because it looked like Galactica was going to get, you know, um, Silence going to overtake the Galactica. But um, see the Pegasus take out the uh, other um, uh, base stars. I mean, seeing it, you know, crash into one base star and its um, uh, launch pod go into another one. You know, no, just pretty cool. some visually cool stuff yeah. in that episode. Uh, well, my favorite episode... Uh, is was this was not one that really uh, initially stood out for me, but it's one I've thought about a lot. It's when Carathrace Starbuck is stranded on this planet with his uh, what do they call the Cylon ships? The one, the, the small ones. Oh, the um, the Raiders. The Riggers. The uh, Ra- Raiders. No, yeah, Raptors. 
The ra- okay. No, that was the Raptors the- were the, what, that that was a colonial ship. That was a colonial ship. Okay, so the Silent Raiders. She's stranded on this planet with a Silent Raider that I believe she shot down. Right. And she manages to get inside the guts of it, mm-hmm. and she flies it back to Battlestar Galactica. Mm-hmm. I don't know why, but that episode really stood with me. I liked that. Episode. Do you remember that episode? I, I do, and that's another good one. It was they, they actually made. You didn't think the subject would be interesting, and exciting. They just they, they're trying to find a downed pilot, but they, it was told so well. And that was one of the strengths of the show is just their storytelling and writing. But you 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 were trying you were wrapped up. Like you know, is Starbuck gonna be okay? Yeah, and I mean, you were concerned about her because you cared about Starbuck by that point in the show. Mm-hmm. Cause that was season one or two that that happened. True, one of the earlier ones. Uh, well, let's do, before we wrap up the show, let's talk about our hopes and fears for the final episode. I don't know about you, but I we have two episodes left, and mm-hmm. I want them to be good. And sometimes when you get the finales; they either they're hit or miss. Mm-hmm. I think one – what are some of the – let's go. Why don't you start? I'm going to put you on the spot here. What are some of your hopes and fears for the final two episodes, Daybreak 1 and 2? Well, I hate to see anybody else killed off. That One thing this showed, they put these people through the ringer. I mean they, they, they destroy the colonies and then they you know send them trying to find Earth and then Earth is a, you know, a post-apocalyptic you know, wasteland. And so they can't, they can't even settle on Earth because you know, there's radiation on it or whatever. They had all their hopes and dreams set on finding Earth. I mean, I, I want the two last two episodes to be good, also, but I don't know. I, I, I hope for something good to happen for all of them that they find some kind of respite. I mean, some kind of you know, some some something to you know, a place to live or you want. I want to see some good happen for them because so much bad has happened to, to them, and so much has been taken away from them that I, I you know. Somehow I want it to work out for all of them that they uh, they, they find a home, they find a place that they can you know go on with their lives and you know maybe make them still make the most of it. Yeah, you know one of the things they've been hinting at over the past couple episodes has been the destruction of the Battlestar Galactica. Oh yeah, it's tearing apart, and there is a part of me that is screaming that don't you dare destroy this ship. If anything, abandon it, mm-hmm. leave it there so that. You know, 20 years down the road, if we want to make another Battlestar Galactica, we can continue the story where it left off. They can find the ship, and there's Adama's grandson can take over the helm, and, mm-hmm. and we will and we'll retrofit it, and we'll salvage it, and uh, and maybe leave it derelict. Uh, but I just don't want to see them destroy it, crash it, and or anything like that. And I think that's my fear that they're going to, you know, it's going to be the destruction of the Galactica as we know it. Yeah, I, yeah, I fell in love with the ship also. I don't want them to see them, you know. Just let go to pot. I mean, all the other ship captains are talking about. Well, we can use this or we can use that. So well, let's you know, let's strip it down for what we can. I'm okay with them stripping it down. You okay, know, I, I'm just not okay with them destroying the ship itself. You know, they can always right. refit the ship with stuff. That's true. <laughs> but uh, I don't know. That's just one of my fears, I guess, and one of my hopes is that they don't do that and that they allow it to be be there. I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I guess it's not a real big deal. Like they. They went through how many variations of the Enterprise over the season? True. Yeah, I mean, so so having having that is not such a it's not such a big deal. So maybe in my opinion there. So. But it's it's the ship has become like another character in the show. And oh, absolutely. I mean, you travel so many places, <coughs> mm-hmm. so many places with that ship, and gone through so many situations. Right, and you could see Galactica is is, is looking worse for wear. I mean. Oh man, and they really have played that up the past couple episodes, right? And they've halted repairs at least according to this last episode. So they're saying, yeah. 
Oh, well, let's see what happens. Who knows? Mm-hmm. So, well, anything else you want to say about Battlestar before we uh, let it rest in peace? Well, Rondi Moore, if by chance you ever hear this, uh, thanks. Thanks for this, yeah. this fun ride. This was, yeah. uh, it was not only good entertainment, but it was good. Um, it was intelligent entertainment, too. It made you think. Um, you didn't tell us what to think, but you made us think. And so uh, then you provided us you know, some good entertainment, good stories, and oh, I wish, wish you much success with, uh, with Caprica. Yeah, so I, I I agree with that. I agree with that. You know, who knows? Maybe he'll listen someday. Mm-hmm. But all right, well, I believe that's it. We're going to go ahead and wrap up the show. Thanks, Miles, for coming on, and we'll have you on again. Thank you. And uh, as, if you listen to any Rondi Moore's podcasts, I'll, I'll close the way he. I'll, I'll I'll conclude with how he concludes. Uh, good night and good luck. Yeah, and uh, just a few things as we wrap up. If you do want to call into the show. I we do have well first of all you can find our website at diningattheendoftheuniverse.com and that that will definitely get you uh into 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 the show and to find out the show notes and listen to some past episodes as well. Uh also you can find uh you can find us uh on on iTunes, you can download us there, you can leave reviews if you're liking our shows, we would love to have you do that. Uh if you want to call in and leave a message for the show, you can do so at our listener line. Uh, the Dining at the End of the Universe podcast is a part of Zog po- the Zod Pod network of podcasts. If you go there, you will actually if you go to zogpod.com, you can find our other podcasts there. But you can call our listener line at 206-600-4824. It's a new listener line. We've been having problems with our Skype, as I said earlier. You can also email us at zogpod at gmail.com and follow me on Twitter at H-E-R-T-Z-O-G. That's Hertzog at Twitter. And chat with me there and leave messages and so on. And we will include your emails and your phone calls in the show and we'll love to do so. And again, thank you so much for listening to this RIP episode of Battlestar Galactica. We will miss you, Battlestar Galactica. And uh, good luck. We'll catch you our next show. ago this ship received word of a Cylon attack against our home worlds is underway. As of this moment, we are at war. 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 War.
God is watching out for you guys.